the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You've been accepted by God. What kind of privileges come along with that acceptance? Let's explore those privileges today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We have all heard and possibly even used the statement, with membership comes privileges. Well, today we find ourselves looking at those privileges that come with divine acceptance, membership into the kingdom of God. And boy, those privileges are really quite amazing. Catch up with us today as our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, continues with our series, Living the Christian Life. Here's Pastor Phil and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Forget all the tribulation charts. I won't be there. You better memorize them. Mine is glory. That will be glory for me. When by his grace I shall look on his face, that will be glory for me. Well, let us go back and become didactic. Uh, Look at what he goes on to say. And not only so, but we also rejoice in sufferings. It did say we just rejoice in sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings. Now, this is weird. I mean, now you've gone Lulu. No, 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 I'm talking about Luana. Uh, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. And this is a result of justification. And why is it? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. I don't even like the sound of the word, do you? Who wants it? Perseverance. Wouldn't you, I mean, just say, do you take this woman to be your wife, and will you persevere? I mean, it just, it, I, don't, I don't need it. I don't want it. Uh, know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And here we are. Character produces hope. What's he saying? Uh, Some have said this is only sufferings regarding your faith. Maybe it's persecution kind of suffering. Others say it's suffering about anything that's in life. I can't make that call. Uh, But there is something if we, I think, took two people, one not knowing God and another knowing God. What does an unsaved person have going for them in their sufferings that can turn it into something positive? What assurance do they have that this is a good thing? None that I know of. 
I mean, you can go consult a medium, a Ouija board, uh, hope you win the lotto. But there is just absolutely no rhyme or reason for the life of the non-believer. It's a vain going in circles. It could be money, it could be relationships, they do all that. But when suffering comes, when suffering comes, the last thing they can do is exalt in it and glory in it. And yet, did you know what he says? One of the privileges of being justified with God is there's a rhyme or reason for your suffering. It is not just happen chance that God allows certain trials. It sounds just like James. Count it all joy when you have these diverse trials, knowing, and he says the same word, knowing there's a process in these trials that will work for your good. Now, let's track it out here. Suffering, and it's the word for pressure. Let's use it this, this way. Pressure produces perseverance. And um, perseverance here means the ability to remain under the load a long time. The ability to remain under divinely appointed negative situations. Um, you know, weights are good for you. Pumping iron, doing it. It builds up the ability of endurance and strength. The other day when I was laying on the floor looking at all the health equipment in my office, I thought that's like most people's Bibles. They've got the newest, best Bibles. They just don't use them. We've got a treadmill with one mile on it. We've owned it three years. Carolyn says, get a TV down here and I'll use it more. Now I've got a TV next to the treadmill. And I got a pink towel on it that I kill spiders with. I, I really do. I, I mean, I can hardly put the book. I got it. It looks so good. I mean, you would think Jack LaLanne owned the place. Uh, you know, that really top in shape people. It's absolutely, it's all props to look healthy and look good. And I go down there and I just kind of lean against it. <laughs> Haven't done it in months. Uh, and I, I see this thing here, pressure. Pressure produces the ability not to bail out of life. This ability to remain. And haven't you seen a Christian sometimes says, I can't understand how they're going through it. I can't ha understand how they're holding up. God has been training them for a long time for the latest. Because he won't put more on you than you can bear. So he's developing the ability of what you can bear through every many-sized trial, suffering. And it produces this perseverance. And perseverance produces something called proven character. And it is used of testing coins. It, it produces a dogomazo person, someone that has passed the test. I would, I'd put this experiential character. They have the experience. You can't give experience to anyone. Have you ever been there? Have you ever remained under a difficult boss or a difficult health situation or any suffering? And he said, this is a part of the benefits of the justified. I'm going to develop a people who will bear up under suffering 
and the bearing up will give them proven character, and the proven character will just keep multiplying their hope because they realize that in suffering, God even triumphs, and God brings it through, and God produces a product that you never knew he could produce, so it just keeps increasing your hope. God knows what he's doing with me. God knows what he's doing with me. Purpose and pressure. Uh, look at uh, what else he goes on to say. And hope does not shame us. Is what you could translate that. Hope, biblical hope, never shames you. I think some of the, uh, the great, there's so much literature on the shame. You know, John Bradshaw wrote a book uh, uh, on shame and uh, made a big distinction between guilt and shame. Shame, the thing's too deep for you to even talk about. Guilty, I'm always liable to penalty. Uh, the idea from the Hebrew all the way to the New Testament is, uh, I've trusted someone that could not carry through what I'd hoped they could do, and I'm embarrassed, I'm shamed, uh, I'm disappointed at that. And here he's saying is, remember, God has put the kind of hope in you and I that you will never be embarrassed, blush, or shame that he didn't carry out what he said he would do for you. Uh, this is a part of that hope that's working in believers. We don't talk a lot about hope. And when we do, we just talk about the rapture, like it's only an eschatological event. It's not just eschatology. It's not just his coming. That's certainly the blessed hope of the church. And you know what's wonderful about that word blessed? It means it's the hope that makes you happy. You know people who have that hope because they're happy. Their future is secure. But it's hope in every aspect of life that... Trusting God, I will not be disappointed. What a marvelous, marvelous thing. And so, uh, uh, I think it's assuring, number five, positive perspective about the future. Just, uh, I, uh, some of the worst trials I've ever had never did happen. I was kind of disappointed when it because I had already painted out the scenario. It's got to go this way. It says, the only mental exercise some people get is to jumping to conclusions. <laughs> That's depth. I'm glad you got it. I mean, they're painting. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Everybody says, no, no, no. But when you become a believer, have you, you know what a worry ward is. You use that language? Always. And, and I've done that before. I just knew this was going to happen. And when I got there and it didn't happen, I was disappointed that my scenario didn't happen. God's happened, but mine didn't. And I wasted all that energy fretting and worrying. It just can't come out good. That's why it's so wonderful to have God. And it says God has put in us a hope that will never shame us, and it's the birthright of those justified with God. I, I give the definition of uh, hope, the assurance about God's promises. It usually concerns the future, which makes it different from trust or faith. 
the, the hope is future, trust and faith is right now. Thus, an optimism and positive perspective about trusting God's promises about your future or future things God has promised. You know, it's what gets me when I read the Acts and even read Paul's epistles. I seldom pick up despair. Second Corinthians gets pretty bad. He's, he's about to die there. But so much of it is in the midst of prison, uh, uh, false brethren, and fasting, and that sea. I just keep hearing optimism in him. I just keep hearing him saying, I do it all over again, or uh, this is worthwhile, and we're being offered every day like sheep to slaughter, but thank God nobody can separate us from his love. And I thought, man, when do you get whining rights? Bust out. Said, God, I didn't know I signed up for this in Acts 9. I just wanted to get saved. And I'm going all over Asia Minor, being thrown in jail, stoned. Uh, this is, this is, you expect to at least get a little melancholy. But there's just an optimism. This is hope. Because he didn't tie his hope to his body. He didn't tie his hope to his uh, accounts. He tied his hope to his God and to what God's up to and what God's about. And so he says, I've got a hope that won't disappoint me. Matter of fact, I'm exulting in it until I get everything I'm hoping for. In chapter 8, he says, man, I'll be glad when I get rid of this body and pick up a redeemed body that's just like his. I'm living in hope of that happening. Hope is not in great supply among many people. Everything is hopeless and despairing. Christianity, one of its great, great elements. And I'll tell you young people, if you're young people here tonight, and that's anyone under 40, uh, that, uh, that the aspect of knowing God means you've got, you've got the future figured out just by trusting God. You've got a future. You've got a future. Even if you die in a car accident on the way home, you've got a future. Neither life nor death. Don't worry about that stuff. We're all going to die anyway. Like the guy telling John, um, what was his name? You ought to know that. Uh, what's someone to New Guinea? John. You don't read history and I forget it. Uh, He's a great Presbyterian that went to New Guinea and they're trying to talk him out of going. And the guy said, well, the cannibals will eat you. And he said, my dear brother, and so shall the worms eat you. I just soon die as a, under the cannibals doing the will of God and staying at home waiting to die. And uh, John Patton, great Scottish missionary to New Guinea. And you know what? The cannibals never did kill John Patton. He died of old age. But some folks are dying of worry that they won't reach old age. Oh, that's profound. Let's go on here. Um, look at verse 5. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Six is we possess the love of God. We possess the love God has for us through the Spirit. And this is a passive in the Greek. It's interesting. The word for poured out really means gust or spread abroad because of the passive sense of the word. 
And it's a love that God gushed abroad in your heart. And you want to get this. When you're justified by faith, faith alone, in Christ alone, God's love is spread abroad in your heart, and it's seen like a gusher. I one time went with my cousins uh, in the hills of Oklahoma to a spring swimming hole. You cannot believe, has anyone ever swam in a place where it was just a spring just uh, gushing out of the heart of the earth? And, I mean, no time for any contaminants to get. It's just coming up out. Have you ever swum in a spring like that? That's what he's saying here. It's gushed out abroad in your heart. And here's the beautiful thing. This word love here, it's not your love for God that's gushed abroad in your heart. It's God's love for you. I, when, that, when I first saw that, that blew me away. Because I used to take it to be, uh, oh, I, I know I'm a Christian because I have love for God. But I found my love for God is like a yo-yo. You know, it's like a thermometer. You never know what the temperature reading will be. But that's not very comforting to me. Matter of fact, I get depressed. But this right here is my love for you as displayed in justification, displayed in the cross work of Christ. I'm going to have the Holy Spirit, as it were, take a brush if it were possible, and he's going to paint all over you and unleash a gusher. I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's a gusher that's going on in the inner being so that in your worst mood, your worst day, your worst sin, you can hear this voice, Abba, Father, it's the Spirit. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. That is a permanent ministry of the Spirit of God is to accentuate the love of God to us because all of us can doubt our salvation, can doubt ourselves in weak moments. This is not your love for God. It's God's love for you that is a permanent possession from now on. Have you ever felt God loved you just as much in the greatest mistake of your life as when you were singing the doxology? And you said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I get away from such love? Um... I had an interview one time. The guy said, tell us about your love for God. And I studied this passage. I said, I no longer talk about my love for God. I talk about his love for me. My love for him can be like a yo-yo. I do love God, but I'm not going to the bank on how greatly I love God. I, he wants all of me. But I sure will tell you something that's permanent in me is his love for me. Every day I hear him say, I love you. Every day I hear the Spirit. In Galatians, it says the Spirit in the Greek is shouting out, Abba, Father. It doesn't say that's me in a prayer meeting. That's what the Spirit shouts every day in the quarters of my heart. And I just hear this echo, Abba, Abba. And if I kind of say, Holy Spirit, cut it out. <laughs> but I can't. Because I'm not controlling that cry. He says it all the time. Um, you ought to consider some things. Now he's going to explain this love. When God began to love you, what he loved, and uh, what he's willing to do for you. Now watch how he explains this love. You see, at just the right time when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what is he saying? God loved us when we were our worst. What he loved? He loved ungodly, weak sinners. And uh, what was he willing to do? He's willing to let his own son die for us. So he said, the love that's been guessed abroad in your heart, I'm going to explain it to you in verses 6 through 8. It's the love that when you were doing your worst, God did his best. When you were at the bottom, God put his love on a cross, and he went public to display. He publicly displayed how much he loved us by going to a public execution. Well, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For since when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Reconciliation is uh, God not only declared you righteous, that's judicial. Now watch this. There's very seldom you're ever going to, you can't have a judge in the judicial system of which you committed the crime against. Now get another judge. But when we wound up in the court, we had done all of our sinning against the judge. Can't do that in our courts. But all of our crimes were against the one on the bench. He didn't need some crooked lawyer to get us off. We couldn't get a crooked lawyer, nor an honest lawyer to get us off. We were guilty as charged by the judge of the universe. But guess what he does before you leave the court? He not only cancels all your penalty, that's forgiveness, he not only gives you credit for the righteousness of his own beloved son, but before you leave the court, he says, I'm going to make you my son, and we're going to become friends. You've been reconciled to God through the death of Christ. I leave the court with all charges canceled, and I've become the son of the judge. I'm reconciled. This one who was after me is no longer after me. And guess what this judge, who's now become my father, has said? And for you that have been justified by faith and are now reconciled to me through the death of my son, you... There is nothing in my wrath department that you will ever taste of. Look at verse 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? There is nothing in God's future program of wrath, tribulation, hell, sentences. You, the justified, you just got exemption through justification. Not by being a pre-trib rapture person. You got it by justification. Amen. You make up all the pre-trib, mid-trib, all this, and we're on the right side. We're on the pre-trib side. I'm praying for the rest of you. Look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. Talking about the day of the Lord. A terrible time according to Joel and Isaiah 13 and the prophets and Zephaniah. The day of the Lord you don't want to see. And he says in verse 9, 
For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? I never knew it, but the moment I put faith in Christ, every aspect of God's anger is only in my past at the cross. It will never be in your future. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.